At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Naked M.I.P. With Masamela Matfumau. Mark Thompson. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, it's always good to check in, and we've not for a little while, so we're way overdue, to check in with the senior policy advisor at the White House for COVID equity, our brother, Dr. Cameron Webb. Dr. Webb, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me on today. It's a pleasure to have you. So look, man, let, let me just get cut to the, cut the chase, bro. Uh, I'm in New York, and not just here in New York, everywhere I go, people are pretty much, they're not disciplined about masks anymore. Uh, vaccine mandates are being lifted. Everybody's acting like things are back to normal. Is is that is that responsible for us? Are we really out of the woods yet, or, or just what? Yeah, it's, it's a it's a great question, especially you know you're in New York, so so just got word that Kyrie's going to be able to play home games, right? So it, it's giving people this sense that the threat is gone. The way the way that I describe it, and President Biden has said this several times, we call this a wartime effort against COVID. We really are fighting a war against this virus. And we've had battles. We've had the, the original battle with COVID-19 to hit New York so hard in, in March and April of 2020. We had the alpha surge last January. We had the delta surge last summer. Uh, and then most recently, we had the Omicron surge. These are all different battles we've been fighting with COVID-19, we are we are winning this battle against Omicron, right? Cases are low, hospitalizations are low, deaths are low, every death is tragic, but we know we've made a lot of progress. The thing is, we haven't won the war against COVID-19 yet, right? We, there still is transmission, there still is threat. You know, this BA2 sublineage of, of Omicron, that's rising. So we, we're seeing a larger percentage of it. And we know it's 30% more transmissible than the original Omicron. And so I think it's so important for people to know we got here, we are winning this battle because we used tools that we didn't have two years ago. Those tools are tests, those tools are masks when appropriate, those tools are vaccines, those tools are treatments. And so people need to just stay on guard, stay ready to use those tools when public health officials point them in that direction, right? So it's not a light switch, COVID-19. It's not on or off. It's a dial. There are times when when you know you can do a little bit more because transmission is lower. There are times when you're going to have to be a little bit more vigilant and, and, and protect yourself even more. And I think that's what people have to stay attuned for. Keep that preparedness mindset. It'll take you a long way. So what is the latest guidance that that the government is giving in terms of masks, though? Has that really been relaxed officially? It, well, you know, I think CDC released new guidance that that describes what's called COVID community levels. So if you go to cdc.gov, the website, you can put in your county and then it'll tell you what the current rate of hospitalizations looks like there, it gives you a sense of, of community levels. We have been tracking cases for a long time. That's not as useful to us anymore because just last month, there are about 400 million at-home tests that weren't counted in our cases, right? So there's so many uh, folks who, 
who we're not necessarily capturing through that laboratory-based testing. But I think what we're able to do is see, well, if we're estimating severity of illness, we track hospitalizations, we have good data there. And that's what, what the COVID community levels tells you. And from that, CDC has kind of surmised that, that in most communities, levels are low enough that people can relax some of that mask wearing for some time. Now, what the key there and the caveat is that it's for some time. It doesn't mean forever, right? It doesn't mean that this is over and it's done. It means that every week, every Thursday afternoon, they update that guidance. And if it starts to change, yeah. you're going to see, hey, it might be time to put your mask back on. And that's what we need to keep people aware of. More MIP after this message. But aren't we seeing some uh, signs of concern out of both China and Europe? Yes, we are seeing some some spread in China and Europe, but I want you to know that's very different dynamics than what we have here in the U.S. China, for instance, uh, you know, the vaccination rates were different. And more than that, there were fewer cases of COVID. So the combination we have, 217 million vaccinated folks, plus the, the millions of folks who had Omicron over the last couple of months, means we have more immunity here in the United States right now than we had before. Doesn't mean we won't see an uptick doesn't mean cases will, won't rise. They, they very likely will. The hope is that they kind of stay around this spot. They shift slightly, but they don't change dramatically. We don't see a big surge. That'll mean that we're keeping things at bay. But I think that, um, you know, yes, we're tracking what's happening in Europe very closely. We're tracking what's happening around the world and we're tracking what's happening at home. And it's not just that, you know, we're looking at wastewater testing. We're looking at Google search trends. We're looking at symptom surveys happening all over the, the country for leading at indicators, kind of the earliest signs that there's an increase in symptoms and increase in cases. And if we do that, that's going to help us stay in front of things, give people new and updated guidance. But I think the key here is for people to know, you know, you'll get guidance telling you things are a little bit safer and people are eager to listen to that. But if you get guidance telling you that the threat is rising, got to listen to that guidance too. And that's in general, Dr. Webb. But what about, uh, obviously, the African-American community? You know, things affect us disproportionately. Yeah. Is there other guidance or are there other suggestions that you think we need to be looking at in our own community? Well, you know, I, I say it all the time. You know, it's the Floyd Mayweather mentality, protect yourself at all times, right? It, what, right. what you really have to do is think about well, what does protection look like for me, I still often wear masks when I go into into public spaces, right. and it's and it's mostly because you know I know I've got young kids, and so I'm always mindful of that. I have family members who are immunocompromised, and I'm mindful of that. And even though I'm fully vaccinated, up to date with my vaccines, and I haven't had COVID in these two years because of the way that I'm careful, it doesn't mean that tomorrow might not be the time that I end up getting COVID and can bring that back to my family members who could end up really sick from it. So that's where I, I, I maintain that mentality that we've been hit harder, which leads me to be a little bit more cautious. Um, but I think that, you know, so yes, that formal guidance does exist from CDC, but I've talked to, to faith leaders and, and they've talked about, well, can I get rid of masks in my church? And I have to tell them, you know, it, it, you got to protect the saints at all costs. And so there's, there's a reason why you can still leverage, if it's, if it's reasonable, you can still use masks in that space, right? People will understand it. And they, they understand that the choir singing is an opportunity for the virus to spread far and wide. So that's an opportunity for us to protect ourselves in a way that's unique based on some of our dynamics. And it doesn't mean we're going to be in this situation forever. But what it means is that we want to we want to use an abundance of caution just because of how we've been hit over these last two years. More MIP after this message.
So do we have any concern about the seasons? In other mm-hmm. words, it, it, you know, seasons about to change and they'll change back again in the fall. Absolutely. It, so do we need to be mindful of that as well and considering all of this? Is this something that like we may be in a safe place, safe, safer place now? We're not completely safe, we know. Or what, might we see something lingering that may go up and down depending on seasons? Do we need to think about that? Yeah, absolutely. And that that's kind of what in, what endemic re, it's referring to is that fact that you can have some seasonal variation, um, but you've got somewhat predictable levels. I think what we can anticipate, COVID is an upper respiratory infection. We see more of upper respiratory infections when the weather's colder. We know that as the weather gets warmer, um, you know, that there's uh, some of the mechanisms your body has to fight back against upper respiratory infections are more effective in warmer weather. COVID is, we've seen surges in warm weather, we've seen surges in cold weather. So some of that has to do with the proximity and the amount of virus that's in circulation. So I think our goal here is to make sure that people know how much virus is in circulation, make sure people know the impact that COVID is having, and make those respond, make and, and make those adjustments as appropriate. You know, we don't want people to simply say, oh, okay, I'm safe until the winter, you know, but we want them to say, okay, this could be coming back sometime. It may be in one month, maybe in five months, but we are going to see a moment where cases are on the rise again. I think the key question I have for every individual, every family is what does staying safe look like to you when you hear that message that cases are on the rise? Does it look like the fact that you already have a box of N95 masks in your house and you're ready to pull those out and pass them out when those cases rise? Does it mean that you've already gone to covidtests.gov and and ordered your free COVID test so you've got them on the shelf ready for if and when you have symptoms? Have you done those things? Because if not, then you're not ready and you need to get ready. You need to get ready. Lastly, is this going to become like the flu and other things where we're going to need pretty much an annual vaccination or at least something like that for the foreseeable future? Is that being discussed? Yeah, I mean, I've heard that question really since the beginning. And I think it's something that, you know, we don't have a complete answer to it yet. What we know is that it's it's in I think the likelihood is that COVID's not going away. So we'll be dealing with it. The likelihood is that we've got vaccines that right now are, are great, but will continue to get greater. And so we'll have better vaccines to, to fight against COVID-19 as time goes on, more targeted vaccines. That's one thing we're hoping to invest more in. And so, you know, what that tells me is that, you know, we, we may get even better at preventing COVID-19. We should if, if you know, science does its thing. But I think, um, you know, whether to say it's going to be similar to the flu, it's hard to draw that specific comparison because so far it's been so different. But that can be our hope, right? Our hope is that we can get this to a point where it's something we can anticipate when the season is coming, make appropriate precautions, and and kind of move forward from there to keep our people safe. Um, You know, whether that means an annual vaccine or a vaccine every five years or a vaccine every five months remains to be seen. Some of that just depends on how the science plays out. And as far as equity is concerned, do you feel that we've evolved to that place? Do you feel good when it comes to this being addressed, even the way it's being addressed now, as far as we've come? Yeah, there is. We've reached sort of a a, a mark of, of equity. Yeah, we, you know, we in some ways, yes, I think there's still plenty of work to do. If you've done equity work, you know that 
you know, you're never satisfied. The job's never done. And, and I think that what it, what it reminds me is that, you know, we've proven in some ways through this response that equity is not just an aspirational goal. It's not just something you say and, and wish for. It's something you plan for, you work aggressively to, and you can accomplish it. And we saw that with primary series vaccination. That's why we got 85% of Black folks who've been vaccinated, right? You don't accomplish that without intention. I think that same thing has to apply to every aspect of the response every day, every week, every month. That's a lot of commitment, a lot of effort, not just when it's a buzzword that's you know popular for folks locally, but all the time commitment to equity. That's the next, the next movement here is to make sure we really uh, you know, weave this in, we hardwire it into the way that our communities function, because that's really what, what the, if there's a legacy of COVID-19, that's what it should be, that we learn how to invest in all of our communities to keep people safe. Folks, what the doctor said is, is very important in terms of, of equity, uh, that that never stops. Not like, you know, in June, we saw oh, we got equity and we gone. We don't need this anymore. No, no, no. And, and his role is important in that. And I would hope folks would also realize how much f- further we've got to go. And I know you would agree. All of us watched the Supreme Court hearings. And, and this issue came up in sort of a roundabout way <laughs> when the Republicans tried to use it against our sister. But but that just goes to show um, that there's still work to be done to ensure equity in terms of the way all of us are treated. Uh, and we commend uh, the White House and Dr. Webb for doing this work when it comes to to COVID. And we look forward to you keeping it up and you keeping us informed, my brother. Absolutely. Always ready. Dr. B. Cameron Webb. I'm sorry. I said, thanks so much for having me today. Oh, no, no. Thank you, man. And and keep up the great work. Please keep us posted. Dr. B. Cameron Webb, folks, follow him on social media and he'll be back with us. He's always available to let us know what's going on. And we're staying on top of this. And as he said, it uh, doesn't hurt to be prepared. I, I would just say one final thing, especially for a lot of in our communities. Um, you we have to kind of also know our own comfort level. Now, we all know when we're in situations, you just mentioned church even. We kind of know, we get a feeling when we feel like, well, maybe I need to keep my mask on or maybe I need to put some distance. And that's what we ought to do, Dr. Webb. People ought to just use their situational awareness. Because I've been in a couple of situations with folks not masked. I'm like, maybe I'm going to keep my mask on. Y'all a little cozy up in here talking all over each other, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's something else we need to fly, don't we? And normalizing that, right? Just because somebody's still wearing a mask when it's not required by the CDC doesn't mean they're making a political statement, doesn't mean they're overly worried. You don't know that they may be immunocompromised. They may have an immunocompromised family member. So normalizing people making the decision to continue to wear masks, I think will go a long way. Dr. B. Cameron Webb, White House COVID Policy Advisor. Thank you, sir. Thank you, take care. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.